Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. How you doing, Sid? I'm pretty good, Justin. We've uh, we've been doing a lot of pretty topical shows lately. Mm-hmm. You know, current, trendy, like really in the... Hot button. Yeah. Now. So now. And I wanted to continue that trend. Okay. That's my whole intro. What's, well, what are we... I mean, you put me in charge of it, so. So what's the trend? What's the hot oh, trend this, we're talking about? It's the sinus headache I've had for days. <laughs> okay. That everybody, so, I mean, and by everybody, I mean me, has been talking about is that I've had a headache for, I mean, it's been actually five days now. Five days, to be fair. You've had I don't a get headache. headaches. This is very rare. Um, but I've had a headache every day for five days. So we're covering the breaking news story of you having had a headache. That's right. I've had a headache. There's been a lot of other actual news, but it makes it harder to cope with it when you have a headache is all I'm saying. So, uh, Sydney has a headache. Uh Uh-huh. But that's not going to stop. Oh my, I I hooked my headphone wire on my ear and I just got stuck in my headphones. In other tragic news, Justin hooked his headphone wire Yeah, it's been a really rough, rough weekend for the McRoy family. Things are hard in the McRoy household right Uh, now. um, Okay, so you mentioned you had a sinus headache and I'm going to ask a dumb question. Um, Because I know, I vaguely know, but specifically, correctly, medically... What are sinuses? Like, what are well, your sinuses? Now, wait, Justin, because yeah. my, okay, first of all, we're going to be talking about sinuses and sinus infections and sinusitis, which are slightly different things. Uh, but before I do that, I want to thank Sarah and Alondra and Elizabeth for recommending this topic, as well as, I guess, my own head. Right. My own sinuses. <laughs> my question to you to start this episode was going to be what are sinuses? Because I am very excited to hear what you think they are. Okay. Now, I bet you've read ahead and you can already answer this question. I have not read ahead. This is just cold from the gut. Right. I feel like... <laughs> I'm very excited. I feel like sinuses are the tubes that connect uh-huh. your nose to your eyes <laughs> and your ears. Everything in that area, all the tubes in that area are your sinuses. The eye tubes connected to the nose tube, the, the nose tubes <laughs> to the ear tube. The eye does, you can get air from your eye. 
<laughs> you can't shoot air out of your eyeball at your tear ducts. That's true. Don't make fun of me. It's true. That's true. Uh-huh. And what? sorry. What? <laughs> okay. You can shoot eye... Like, you can make air come out your eyeballs. I have never made air come out of my eyeballs. You've never made air come out your eyeball. Have you ever seen somebody shoot milk out their tear ducts? No. Well, that can happen. You can do that. And you can shoot water... Or air out of your I've, I mean, tear out ducts. of your nose. No, not your nose, Sydney. I'm not talking about a gag from, like, every kid's comedy movie ever. I'm talking about I'm gonna milk, show you out some, the, uh, milk out of your, your tear ducts. I'm going to show you some anatomical drawings later. Okay, I'm going to show you a YouTube video of somebody shooting milk out of their eyeball. And readers at home, just if you want this experience... Search for milk out of the eye, no, and then you can experience gonna, no. what Sydney is experiencing. Oh, oh I can't. With I someone can't with shooting this. milk out of their eye. I can't with this. Okay. Can I get a, an apology from you, doctor? That's okay. That's Dr. Smurl, can sorry, I get an apology? And I'm sorry to everybody else that right now you're listening to a podcast where two people are watching a YouTube video of someone shooting milk out of their eye. Can I tell you about sinuses? Yeah, it's the tubes. Well, no, I feel like we've okay. got a general overview well, of what those okay. are. Sinuses are like holes in your head, sort of. Okay. They're cavities inside the bones of your skull. There are open areas inside some of your skull bones, and we call them sinuses. Mm -hmm. So they're like pockets of air. There's four paired air pockets within the maxillary, frontal, ethmoid, and sphenoid bones in your skull. And then those air pockets within them are named for the bone they're in. So your okay. maxillary sinus, your frontal sinus. Okay. You got it? It's, a, it's just an open area. You know that I don't air. know what maxillary or frontal or ethmoid. They're different bones in your skull. Okay. And there are pockets of air in these bones, and those are called sinuses. Okay. You got got it. it. Yes. Uh, they connect to your nose through little teeny passageways, little teeny holes. Okay. Okay. Uh, the word sinus, by the way, comes from a curve or a hollow in land. Uh, we've also in historically called them antrums before, which you could kind of make. Do, do you know the antrum? Like, think of like a, an open, hollowed out area. Okay. Same idea. Kind of okay. makes sense. Um, the the maxillary and ethmoid sinuses that you have form while you're still in utero, so you're born with those. Uh, two of your other two sinuses, your sphenoid, you don't get till you're f about five years old, and your frontal sinuses, you actually don't get till you're seven or eight years old, which is where you'll hear like somebody will say, "Well, kids can't get sinusitis because they don't even have sinuses." Well, they do. They have some of them. They just don't have all of them yet. Okay. So, uh, but by by about seven or eight, you have all of them. You really can't do like the frontal one isn't completely developed till you're an adolescent, typically though. Um, they get bigger as your skull gets bigger. What's the point of having them the like tubes in there? Or holes? Like, why, why is there holes? You know, that's a great question. And we have, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about is it's taken us a really long time to get kind of a grasp on that. And we had a lot of crazy ideas. And even now we have some some fairly good, like we, th we think we have it figured out. But that's been a subject of hot debate mm. for a long time. So they're lined with... Real hot. Well, as, as hot, hot as anatomical sight. debate gets. Yeah. They're lined with a, a mucoperiosteum, so basically like a, a mucus, it secretes mucus. Your sinuses secrete mucus is what I'm trying to say. Fun. They make mucus. Uh, they're filled with air, 
um, but they secrete this mucus. And this mucus is really important. So that's one of the main functions of the sinuses is that they secrete all this mucus that is really important for all the reasons that mucus is important, which we, I think we've talked about before. It helps to moisturize the inside of like your nas- nasal passageways and everything. Catches the germs. It catches germs and particles that are floating around in the air, you know, all kinds of allergens and environmental irritants and all that kind of stuff. So the mucus is really important and that's from the sinuses. Uh, They also help to form the shape of your face just practically. Part of the reason our faces look like they do is because of the bones growing bigger around these big air pockets. It also allows for your skull to be lighter. Because it doesn't. Because it has those openings. If that was all like a big solid chunk of bone, our skull would be way heavier. Okay. That makes sense. I don't know. We'd all walk around like dragging our heads on the ground behind us or something. We would probably have evolved stronger necks. Well, maybe that too. Sorry, I'm a person of science. Sydney, I can't turn it off. It's just the way I see the world. (laughs) They also help to provide some of the resonance for our voice. I don't know if that's important. But well, I guess tone, we're, yeah. we, we do a podcast, so that's important for us. Well, and that is that why it sounds different when you got a cold? Yeah. Partially? In, in, yeah, in part, yeah. Uh, the big thing that they do that people hate the most is get inflamed or infected. Yeah, people talk about that <laughs> a lot, it seems like, or especially when they have had a headache. People it hate that. It seems like maybe it's all you hear about, pretty much. <laughs> the understanding of the, the existence of sinuses dates back to ancient times. Uh, when we look back to ancient Egypt in the Edwin Smith Papyrus, which is from 1600 BCE, there's a description of the maxillary bone and everything about it, including the fact that there's a big hole in it, the maxillary sinus. Uh, and they talk about treatment for different facial fractures, so you kind of have to understand the anatomical structure if you're going to put it back together. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, they used to remove the brain during the embalming process. Sure, they put a little hook up there, scramble it around, yank it out. Yeah, through the ethmoid sinus. I think we talked so. about the um, mm-hmm. mummies episode. Yes, yeah, I think we did. So, so you had to know there were sinuses there. There were big holes there because that's where you stuck the thing, the hook, the brain hook. You know, you know, the brain hook, the brain hook, sort of like a crochet hook, but for brains. But for brains. Um, So obviously they knew they were there. Hippocrates talked about them. He described some nasal surgeries that could involve the sinuses, like removing nasal polyps. And he talked about how important it was that air passes through these openings in our skull so that our voices sound like they do, which was kind of right, actually. Yeah, I'm unimpressed by old-timey people knowing about bones because it's like, yeah, I know, you do have those. Like, you could just (laughs) check after somebody kicks it. Right, but you've got to remember the the practice, and we've talked about this on the show before, the practice of dissecting human bodies after someone has passed away has been taboo at some point on and off throughout history. They're you know, depending on what culture and what time you're in, you may not have ever had that opportunity. Uh, similarly, Celsus described the sinuses. Um, in part, so that far back, but it was just in reference to different nerves that pass through different sinuses and that kind of thing. So basically everybody just kind of knew they were there. Like, yeah, there happened to be some holes in your skull. We don't know why. That's all we got. Thanks. Ancient Greece out. Peace. <laughs> um, the ancient concept of disease of the sinuses were all kind of lumped together. So basically like if anything was wrong with your nose or anything in that region. Sinus disease. <laughs> they called it ozina, which is from the Greek for stench. 
And initially it Ooh. kind of referenced any really bad breath, but it eventually came to mean specifically like a bad smell coming from your nose. Mm. So like if your nose smells really bad. No, yeah, I got the image. Thank you. And initially it was just like, don't go near those people. Like they're kind of social outcasts because they nose, smell so bad. Their noses smell bad. We would advise you to stay far away from them because they smell bad. We don't have any treatment for you. And won't for quite a while. We don't know what's happening here. Let me say this. Here. I think you're going to miss out on it. <laughs> I would not wait or hold your breath. Uh, Plenty, one of one of our favorites on the show, Plenty the Elder, who had, it, who had advice for everything, has advice. If you have a stinky nose, he <laughs> has a treatment plan for you. What a cruel fate that is. What a cruel irony to have a stinky nose. Is uh, I don't like it. I think it's a little, um, it's very gendered. He says that if you're a man and your nose stinks, you should kiss the nostrils of a he-mule. And if you're a woman whose nose stinks, you kiss the nostrils of a she-mule. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and then wait. And then your nose still stinks, but now you're known as the person who kissed the mule's nose <gasps> as opposed to being known as the person whose nose stinks. Your nose still stinks, but the rest of you smells like mule. So <laughs> all of you a distraction, stinks. I guess. All of you stinks now? I don't know. Um, Plenty never has... Well, not almost never. Plenty rarely has great advice. Uh, Herodotus also had his own um, recipe for success. If you have this this nasal stench, which is nasal douching, Um, which I mean, I guess you could also consider like a rinse, like because we we do a neti pot rinses today, right? But nasal douching specifically had to do with like perfuming what you were going to squirt up there because it smelled bad, right? So why not? Why not? So just like. Really douche your nose with white wine that has been perfumed with cypress and roses and myrrh, and just like squirt that up there a lot, a lot, and then stick swabs up there that have been soaked in like silver and honey, and then then just douche, 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 but just douche, honey, 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 douche, 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 and then your nose it smells better. Do you want to say douche a few more times or do you want to move on? That's okay, right? Like Douche? Yeah, I think douche is okay. <laughs> Especially when you're using it clinically. A clinical douche is always permissible on an educational show. Hey, here's my little my little sidebar of real medical advice. Don't douche there, anybody. Don't douche. You got that? Take that yeah. big douche. Don't if in douche. case you're going to try to buy ads on our show, keep it. <laughs> no, 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 no douching. No douches here. Uh, no or otherwise. Other ancient treatments for sinus issues or stinky nose. Um, I see here you've written actually just douching over and over again a hundred <laughs> times throughout history. I didn't. That's weird. And it, you see, you have like, and you have it broken down by centuries. It seems unnecessary. It's like sixteen hundred douching, seventeen hundreds more douching. Like I don't know why you bothered to write this down. Justin is lying. This is not true. Uh, no, they hot things were thought to be good for the sinuses. So hot air, hot food, hot douches. Don't drink, <laughs> get exercise, stick a hot poker up your nose. No, yeah, especially if you have if you have like a really severe infection and you're starting to develop like ulcers inside your nose. It was very common to just stick, you know, uh, something hot up there just and cauterize it, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That was a common treatment for a lot of ulcerative like things that were open oozing wound wound yeah, give it a shot open oozy woundy things <laughs> you know you know there's i'm sure there's a medical term for them but hey who's got the time to get that degree and everything <laughs> but hey i have a sinus headache <laughs> uh in medieval times my favorite times 
to talk about on this show. The, the, the one, one of the rare times in history where things got dumber for a little while. <laughs> well, unless you count um, now, now, but uh, <laughs> but before now, it's funny because. As I was reading about, in the medieval times, there were two specific theories that, because doctors were still debating not just what to do when your sinuses go go berserk on you, but what they're for. Like, why do we have these sinuses? We still don't know all this stuff that I told you about mucus yet. Right. So people were debating, and there were two main theories that emerged. And it's interesting because as I was reading about it, a lot of authors point out that you got to understand. It's almost like apologetic. You got to understand, though, at the time, one, if anything was difficult to understand, like we don't know why the sinuses exist. This is a difficult question. It was thought that it was probably something, you know, spiritual or magical. Or, it's unknowable and divine. Exactly. If it's hard we can't know it anyway. That's probably what it is. I'm gonna start it's using probably that something magical in school. You're gonna start doing that. Yeah, it's just in what's my, unknowable. In my in my school, I guess <laughs> it's unclear right now. Uh, the the other thing is that instead of <coughs> scientific, instead of instead of allowing fact to guide you, instead of using evidence to reach conclusions, a lot of people would reach a conclusion based on their own belief or faith, mm -hmm. and then try to make their scientific theory fit their belief. Yeah. Uh, so you see a lot of that happening where it's like, well, I really feel like this is what this does, and so I'm going to create a scientific theory that matches this firmly held, maybe spiritual belief, which I'm is always really dangerous. This had to be big for that because we didn't have i mean we didn't even know there were four let alone how to fix stuff exactly so we so we had two kind of competing theories one was that the sinuses held the grease that like our eyeballs kind of floated and moved around and that's why our eyeballs are able to move so well is because they're just the, like your nose grease your sinus grease is keeping them lubed up exactly it's keeping them all lubed up so that you've just got all that you can just roll your eyes all the way around Thank you, sinus grease. So that was one. And the other was that maybe the the mucus and the stuff that was in the sinuses was coming from the brain. And it was like all of the like malignant spirits and evil thoughts and bad spirits. And you could just let it flow from your brain to your sinuses, to your nose and out into the world and out of your body. So it's one of those two. They one knew it was one of those two. True. Yeah. They didn't know which one, but they knew it was one of the two. Tough to narrow down. You know, Da Vinci was one of the first to actually produce really well done anatomical drawings of the sinuses. Oh, wow. Uh, it's sad. He's not credited with that uh, because we didn't find them until like the 1900s. I don't know about sad. I feel like Da Vinci probably gets a few pats <laughs> on the metaphorical back, what with the code and the Vitruvian man and the um, Mona Lisa. Mm hmm. Yeah. The way I said Mona Lisa there was when the, you were questioning if you were in my head. Right I was him. like, is that Da Vinci? Which Ninja Turtle was it? Well, but he could have had a sinus named after him and he didn't. Oh, I guess that is kind of sad. Uh, but he, he theorized that since the teeth were so closely connected to the floor of the maxillary sinus, which I didn't clarify where sinuses are. So your maxillary sinuses are kind of in your cheeks. They're on either side of your nose and your cheek areas. Mm -hmm. Your frontal sinuses are up in your forehead, up above your eyebrows there. Okay. And your ethmoid sinuses 
are kind of in the middle between your eyes and your nose, like the bridge of your nose, okay. and then your sphenoid sinuses are kind of back behind that. All right, got That's it. That's kind of where everything is, by the way. Uh, he theorized that since the teeth were so closely connected to the floor of the maxillary sinus, the one in your cheeks, that maybe its job was to hold a humor that did something for the teeth. So that was kind of... <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci, good at drawing, bad at guessing. <laughs> Vesalius also drew them not very well, but he did contribute the idea that maybe they were uh, helping to form the voice and lighten the skull. So we see this idea all the way back then. Great. Crushing it. Uh, but you know who who did get a sinus named after him was a Dr. Highmore. And that's who I want to tell you about next. All right. Let's hear it. Well, first, let's head to the billing department. Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase 
of a website or domain. My name is Patrick. My name is Parker. Max FunCon has been a huge inspiration in my life. And now I have this network of friends that I've made that span literally across the entire globe, and they're some of my favorite people in the world. I truly cannot believe the amount of wonderful and lasting friendships that have come out of this. If you feel like you might not fit in, as long as you're a good person, you'll fit in because everyone there is good and amazing and kind and wonderful, and you should absolutely go. It will be the best decision of your life. Make a ton of new friends like Parker and Patrick at Max FunCon. Tickets for Max FunCon and Max FunCon East are on sale now at maxfuncon.com. Sid, before the break, um, you were going to tell me about Highmore. Um, what's his or her story? Well, I, I or was their story. I was bemoaning the fact that Da Vinci never got a sinus named after him because Dr. Highmore did. In the 1600s, an English English physician, Highmore, described in great detail the maxillary sinus. And, of course, he was credited with, with depicting the maxillary sinus in a way that we really didn't think had previously, even though technically it probably had. Nathaniel Highmore was... Supp- what a fancy name, I, I gotta know. say. He was supposed to go into the clergy. That was his position in the family. That was what was expected of him. But he was a huge disappointment. Instead... He became a doctor. <laughs> uh, he it, it, It's noted that he instead he went to Trinity College and he spent 10 years there studying science and philosophy and classics and eventually medicine, and he became a physician. And I only mention this because as I read that sentence, I thought, I am so jealous. Doesn't that sound amazing? 10 years, Trinity College, just to study science, philosophy, classics, medicine, I just got jealous. I got halfway there because I failed Spanish. So <laughs> I got I, jealous I of Dr. Highmore. Uh, I, I I wish I had done that. He he knew failed Spanish. No, I don't wish I had failed Spanish. No, I actually got an A in Spanish. All of it. I have a minor in Spanish. You don't have to. We don't have to do this. It doesn't. Have do to you want to know like, any more of my grades? It doesn't have to be like. This. I can share them with you later. Yeah, let's It'll, do it later. It won't take very long. Air. Yeah, just a lot, just say A over and over again. Just say A a lot. Uh, he knew the anatomy of of dogs and sheep very well. This was noted. He also once famously dissected an ostrich. I don't know Whoa. what this has to do with humans. I, I he probably knew them too, though, because he wrote a very uh, thorough, famous treatise on the anatomy of humans. He, and so I'm guessing he also knew knew about us. He also <laughs> did, but he couldn't help but compare them to ostriches. Uh, in every <laughs> autopsy, it's oh, kind of a stubby neck. Well, no, Nathaniel, I mean, we've been over this. They're <laughs> usually, oh, it seems like kind of a stubby neck. I don't know. Seems I mean, like you're it comparing could be a little, it to an ostrich. If you compare it to an ostrich, no one's comparing it to an Why ostrich. Why are we comparing Nathaniel? it to an ostrich? We've been over this. There's no connection. <laughs> Two legs. That's all I'm saying. This included a very detailed. Where are the wings, Nathaniel? <laughs> so help me God, <laughs> I will throw you out of this med school. Yeah, I've been here for eight years. You wouldn't. I would. I would <laughs> test me. Uh, this included a very thorough description of the maxillary sinus. And it was known forever after as the Antrim Hymori, the maxillary sinus. My, now, my, I don't remember being taught the name Antrim Hymori in mm-hmm. med school, but from the way it was used in a lot of the, the papers and studies that I was reading to, to research this topic, I get the impression that maybe in other parts of the world it's still called the Antrim Hymori, mm-hmm. even though I, all I ever knew it as was the maxillary sinus. 
Anyway, the name stuck. Instead of the Da Vinci, the Antrim Da Vinci, it is the Antrim Hymori. Now, the other thing that's interesting about Dr. Hymore is that in, in addition to his description of the sinuses, he also talks a little bit about the function of the sinuses and throws this clever little anecdote in there. So he's still wrong. He kind of thinks, along with a lot of his uh, predecessors, that the function of the sinuses is to drain the humor from the brain. No. Right, right. That's not that's not true. But he also includes the story of one of his patients who said, and the story goes like this. So this woman has a tooth extracted. And okay. after one of her top teeth, her canines to be exact, after it is extracted, pus starts to ooze from the hole in her head. Okay, yeah, Carino. She's very disturbed because she doesn't know where it's coming from. And, I mean, there's pus coming out of her head like that, too. Yeah, she wants to crack the case. But she's curious. And so she starts to experiment. She starts by taking a slate pencil Stop. and inserting it no. into the hole. Not now. Please, no. From, from whence the pus came. She's able to push it about two inches inside her head. So she pulls that out because that's getting, that's like a little like, I don't know what, I'm going to hit something eventually and a pencil seems like the wrong instrument yeah, for she, this delicate probing. She pulls that out because she had to write a check. <laughs> so the what's the right instrument? Why not try a feather? Because at least that will bend if it hits something that, I don't know, is essential to human functioning. So she takes a feather and she's able to insert that even farther. That's a rough tickle though. That's in, a deep down tickle. <laughs> into her head. Now at this point, at this point she gets freaked out. Okay. Now she's concerned. So she goes to, to Highmore, who is her doctor, and she tells him this story because she thinks maybe... She stuck a feather into her brain, and he just says, "No, nah, don't worry. You just that you discovered your sinus. Congratulations, Congratulations. you found your sinus. <laughs> also, please stop sticking please. things in your head, lady. We have no way of correcting this, man. Please, <laughs> we, you have to think carefully. Do you know what happens when infections happen right now? We have. No, I don't even know what infection is. I'm just telling you. I know <laughs> it's bad. Uh, in the 1700s, uh, a Dr. William Cowper described some different approaches for draining the sinuses. So this idea that the sinuses could get uh, filled with with pus and and you know could get kind of like filled with what they what would have been infection. We begin to get this idea, but the only thought is like, well, we don't know how to treat this. Maybe we just need to drain it. So once we figure out that there's this connection between what's right above the teeth and the sinuses, we think, well, maybe that's a pathway for draining the sinuses. Okay. So we start, you know, William Cowper describes these approaches of removing a tooth and then kind of just like digging up that way. Great. Up through that hole. Yeah, it's much more pleasant and humane. He describes three different cases of this. Uh, one, he notes, went really well. Um, everything seemed to turn out okay for that for that patient. Another one, what they he talks about how important and and like upper class and rich the patient was, but I don't really know what happened to them. There's no documented result. The third one did not go well. After he drained the sinuses, it resulted in death from meningitis and caries. And I I only mention this because I mean I think you probably know what meningitis is. Yep. Caries. I, he means like cavity. Wow. Like a ca a dental carie is a cavity. Okay. So the somebody died from meningitis in a cavity. It was probably the meningitis is going to be my guess. That's pretty grody still. Yeah. Uh, this this was also the beginning the, in this period where we begin to understand 
like the difference between infections of the sinuses and inflammation of the sinuses and nose problems. And you see that the term Ozena actually begins to move away and we start to have like sinusitis. Something a bit more specific. Yeah, something a bit more specific because Ozena is a whole other thing actually that, that I'll mention at the end here. But uh, we also begin to understand that the mucus in the sinuses is actually coming from the sinuses and not from the brain. That's okay. when we finally, we finally get a hold of that idea. And as we move through the 18 and 1900s, we just get better. We, we do smarter things. We get better at visualizing the sinuses and doing surgery on the sinuses to relieve infection and, and you know, inflammation. And we develop the disciplines of ear, nose, and throat, you know, otolaryngology and maxillofacial surgery and dentistry. And we have more options for treatment and diagnosis. We have a CAT scanner so we can visualize the sinuses a lot easier and antibiotics and all other sorts of meds and procedures. Um, Ozena, by the way, now references something that's called either atrophic rhinitis or empty nose syndrome, which is actually when the nasal mucosa becomes like the lining of your nose becomes really infected. It dries up. It kind of dies off, so to speak. And you can actually involve the underlying bone as well. So like that's a whole other condition from like your run of the mill sinusitis that we're talking about. Uh, Because when we talk about sinusitis now, we're really just referring to inflammation of the lining of your sinuses. Your sinuses are, are supposed to be filled with air, not fluid. Right. So if they are filled with fluid for some reason, that can cause problems. Uh, they can be filled with fluid and inflamed for a variety of reasons. They could be blocked by inflammation from a cold. You know, you got sick. Uh, it could be because of allergies. It could be because you got polyps inside that are just, you know, mechanically obstructing the flow of mucus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have other structural issues just from birth or from, a, you know, maybe a broken nose or something, you know, a broken bone that healed the wrong way, a deviated septum, things like that. So you could have structural issues that result in a, a, a sinus not draining properly. Okay. But infection is the thing that everybody worries about, right? Because you got the sinus pain and pressure and you think, eh, I need to go to the doctor. I probably got a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, in kids, secondhand smoke is a risk factor for sinusitis. Please stop smoking when you're kids. Yes, please. Um, the symptoms, if you have sinusitis, we all know them and hate them. Facial pain, pressure, stuffy, runny nose. Maybe you lose your sense of smell. Maybe you got a cough. Maybe you got fever, bad breath. Your teeth can hurt. You might get the thick green snot as well. It can last a really long time. How long is long? Two to four weeks for an acute, meaning like brief sinusitis. Dag, I got to listen to the the headache chat for another week. Woof. Thank you. I'm just kidding. For your love and concern. I really don't mind, babe. I really, it's not a big deal. Up to 12 weeks for chronic. I was just kidding. I don't want you to get mad at me. Up to 12 for chronic. I don't want you to get mad at me later. I was just teasing. Uh, It's a joke for this show. I wouldn't have said it in real uh life. Sure. There are all kinds of medicines. much of a joke. And things that we recommend for sinusitis. Uh, Stuff that you can do at home, vaporizers, saline washes. There are all kinds of nasal sprays and decongestants and allergy There's, meds that your doctor may recommend to you. I'm not saying go take them yourself. massage that helps with uh, congestion. Right. There are, and, and, um, I, and I didn't even get into, there are some like osteopathic maneuvers that can help relieve sinus pressure and, and that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, neti pots. A lot of people like to ask about neti pots. Yeah, what's the deal with this? Um, it is a very old form of nasal irrigation, just a way of flushing out. A douche. Sort of like a douche. Okay. Only without perfume, you know. Listen, if you don't perform your neti pot, you're not doing it right. But uh, it's actually part of an Ayurvedic medicine tradition. It 
neti, meaning from the Sanskrit for nasal cleansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really popularized in the U.S. by Dr. Oz in 2007. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, on Oprah. But it uh, it is supported by evidence, by oh, the way. Nasal irrigation in general, though, it doesn't have to be a neti pot. Anything that flushes out your nose, if you're, if you're flushing it up one nostril and it's coming out the other, that's what we're talking about. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Winning, as Charlie <laughs> Sheen would say. Um, it, but uh, only for short-term use, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you use it for a few days while you've got the sinusitis and then stop. Please do not use it daily to try to keep your sinuses clean. That can actually lead to more sinusitis in the long run. Don't get addicted to your neti pot. No. Um, one specific question I got was about oregano oil. Somebody asked in reference mm-hmm. to sinusitis about oregano oil. Because uh, it's advised on a lot of like different naturopathic websites that oregano oil will help you with sinusitis if you like inhale it as a vapor or you squirt it under your tongue or you mix it with apple cider vinegar, all that stuff. Uh, A lot of spices in labs, not just oregano, a lot of different spices show show some ability to inhibit bacterial or fungal growth. Mm -hmm. So that's not like a rarity to say like, well, when we put oregano on a Petri dish, bacteria wouldn't grow there. Well, a lot of spices that's true for. There are no studies that say that it works in humans. Or that it doesn't work. So I, just, I have no idea. So that usually means scientifically speaking, it probably does work. No. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that just because something works in a lab does not necessarily mean it's going to work inside the human body. Okay. The human body is incredibly complex. Right. So I don't think that oregano oil would hurt you, but I also have no evidence to say that it would help. The big point I want to make about sinusitis Infection, if it is an infection that you have in your sinuses, infections can be due to viruses, bacteria, or fungi, generally speaking. Okay? Okay. Bacteria are the ones that respond to antibiotics. Um, And to be fair, if it is a fungal infection, we have medicines for that too. But if it's a virus... Nothing's going to help. You just, the stuff I missed, I mentioned vaporizers and sometimes antihistamines or decongestants or saline washes, all those things, but not antibiotics. And in adults, nine out of 10 infections in your sinuses are caused by viruses. In kids, somewhere between five and seven out of 10 infections in your sinuses are caused by viruses. So... Chances are... You don't need an antibiotic because it won't help. If it's a virus, it won't help. You're going to get better. And it, I understand it sucks. I got a sinus headache right now. It sucks. But, but I also know it's going to get better and I don't need an antibiotic. Tell you what else sucks is antibiotic resistant superbugs. That's exactly right, Justin. That sucks too. So if you're sick, if you're concerned, please go get checked out. Please talk to your doctor. Please get examined. Yes, absolutely. Because even if it's not a bacterial infection and they don't think you need antibiotics, there are other medicines that can help relieve the symptoms that they can recommend based on your medical history. So it's always important to go get checked out and make sure. But if your doctor doesn't think you need an antibiotic, I'd trust him on this one. Folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have enjoyed yourself. Thanks to taxpayers for, let, for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And uh, thank you to the Maximum Fun Network for having us on. Uh, we really appreciate you all for everything you do. And uh, until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.